Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters, and today we are going to have an episode that we recorded this October at our Etch Family Ministry Conference. If you've not been to Etch, I want to invite you to check out etchconference.com, that's etchconference.com, where you can find out more about next year's Etch. We recorded this conversation, uh, Jana Magruder and I got to sit down with several friends at Etch, and we wanted to introduce this episode to you today. So enjoy this episode recorded live at our Etch Conference. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Hey Jana, how's it going? Good Chuck, how are you? I'm great. We are podcasting, which is one of the best things to do. It is, it's kind of fun I mean, sometimes. Fun. We talk, sometimes, <laughs> what, what makes it not fun? You know, when you get on a roll and don't stop talking. Me? Yeah. When I, but that's when it is fun. So you're saying when <laughs> okay, I'm Okay, 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 okay. It's fun, it's fun. Is this like a seesaw thing where as my fun goes up, yours goes down? Pretty much. Just, so we need to find I don't the, know what that is. the balance of fun. You know what a seesaw is? <laughs> no, I do. It's like a teeter-totter? What <laughs> I do you see call what it? you did there. Okay. Do you, do, are you a seesaw or teeter-totter person? Seesaw. Seesaw. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like G-jaw, which is like a Say thing so. that you would I, also I do say G-jaw, say. yeah. Does everybody know what a G-jaw is? It's like a gizmo. It, <laughs> what's your word? You're from Louisiana, Trey. What's your word for a he's little... A Texan. A knick-knack. No, he's Louisiana. Uh, no. A he thingy? A okay, thingy? a thingy? I don't know. It's a doodad. A doodad? It's a whatever it is. Okay. Anyhow. We digress. We do, very much. We are talking family <laughs> ministry. So this, I mean, this is the Etch podcast. Etch is all about equipping family, the family ministry leaders. Yes. So preschool, kids, preteen, students, wherever you're at, next right. gen leaders. Yep. We want to equip the whole family. And so this is becoming a thing, mm-hmm. right? Fam- family ministry in the church. It used to be not a thing. Right. Not Children's like ministry now. used to not be a formal thing. It was just who's going to volunteer to teach kids you know, this Sunday. And so as we've seen staff structures, you know, wrap around children's ministry, and then certainly there's always been the youth guy, let's just face it. Right, yeah. We've always had a youth guy. I was him. Yeah, that was you. I was a youth guy. (laughs) I'm sorry. Student guys. Represent. Um, Student pastors, we love you. I was a youth Um, guy. I was a student guy back when it was called the youth guy. You were the youth guy. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, And so I don't know about you, but I feel like there's a trend that's been going on for a maybe – when, when we get to our guests, he might want to comment on this. 10, 15 years of restructuring the church staff to be next-gen, family-focused in terms of wrapping around all of the age group ministries and how that looks. And so we hear about that a lot, but what does it actually mean? Well, sometimes we find people, because of that change in the church, mm-hmm. we find people who used to be the kids person who mm-hmm. are now over everybody all the way up, families all the way. Right. Or somebody who used to be the student person Youth guy. who's suddenly over kids right. and families. Right. And we're not all really prepared for that. Exactly. And that's exactly why we do Etch. We do Etch for those reasons. We do this podcast for those reasons is to equip people to uh, to know what family ministry really means. I mean, we just did a whole summit in our pre-con about what is family ministry because it means different things to different people. And so if we can start having the same conversation, I think we'll do a better job at equipping. Do you remember the movie Grease? Oh, yes. Do you? And John Grease Travolta. too. And Grease too. Yeah. And what was that? <laughs> Michelle was the girl? Not Grease too. <laughs> The real one. Cool writer. Um, Olivia Newton-John. Thank Thank you very much. I would have had a hard time thinking about that. So the the reason I went there in my mind, because I'm (laughs) random access, very random, is, you know, Greece is the time, is the place, is the motion. I feel the same way about Etch. Okay. So, right. So Etch is like, it's the conference, it's the podcast, it's really a strategy. (laughs) Etch is really everything. It's the time, it's the place, it's the motion. (laughs) Etch is the way we are feeling. 
I could say so many things. I'm but out let's of keep lyrics. Going. That's all I have. That's all I've got. But I feel like I need a leather jacket all of a sudden. So we're talking family ministry. Do you know who the band was that sang all the Grease songs? Uh, this is a trivia question. No. Was it Frankie Valley or something like that? Wasn't no. it? No. Who was it? Shauna Na. Shauna Na. Do you remember that? Bowser. Bowser. Totally. Yeah. Do, 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 this, do. I remember yeah. all that. Hey, let's talk about family ministry okay. instead. Okay. What do you think? Let's do it. So, Etch is a place. It's a gathering, <laughs> but it's also a podcast, right? That's where we got off track Etch with the place. whole thing. This is welcome to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> we're so glad to have you listening today. Aren't you glad that you tuned in? So, we're, we're talking about family ministry. And, and, and so, family ministry leadership is so important. And, uh, That's where it all starts. important part about that. Yeah, it it's where it all starts. Is and you've got to have vision for it right because we have functioned so long with ministries as silos Mm -hmm. where they're separate and isolated with different decision making different uh different strategy different uh processes different goals and so we got to get on the same page yeah and i think that's why a lot of churches are moving to this structure and uh and we need a friend who can who can fill us in on what this actually looks like and how we can do it well yeah should we Let's invite him, him in. He, so, he, he's begging to be part of this conversation, Dale, I can tell. help us out. Hey, Dale, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good, I'm great. We're doing fine. I, except, I mean, I learned recently that you like the Dallas Cowboys. Lifetime. Oh, yay. Which is, oh, yay. That's <laughs> Through the good, the bad, and the ugly. We have, so first of all, let me say, as my brother in Christ, a man who I respect, I love you. I appreciate you. We have one rule in our house, and Uh-oh. that's that you can like any team you want as long as it's not the Cowboys. Love them or hate them. That's the way See, it there goes. you go. So, but it's America's we, football team. That's right. See, but this is where we come together as the church. <laughs> that's right. As a Giants fan. We must. I repent. Yeah. Thank you. And I, well, not fully. But <laughs> anyhow, welcome. We're glad so glad to have you here. Thank you. So and excited. We, and we, you've been doing family ministry, and this is something that you're, is a passion of yours. Tell us about leadership and why that's such an important part in getting this right. Yeah, I mean, every, Leadership in every area, right? Everything rises and falls on leadership, right? Same thing in family ministry. You'll never grow beyond your leadership, so it's important to have a good leadership strategy. Uh, know where you're going, your, what your, what has, what's going to get you there, and so forth. So very, 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 very important for sure. So that whole knowing where you're going, yeah. you've got, you have a lot of thoughts on that, about helping us. That's the, we got to start there. We have to identify where we're trying to get. Yeah, I mean, I wish I had done this when I was a uh, younger parent. You know, even with your own kids, starting and saying, okay, when my son gets out of high school, what do I want them to be? What do I want them to know? What do you, what's their view of God going to be? And then you just uh, train them in those things all the way up, and hopefully they'll come out at the end being what you've set out for them to be, having a vision for them. So let's kind of start with the end of mind. We can do it with our parents and our churches as well, right? Mm-hmm. Have them just stop and think about this little preschooler. When they graduate high school, what do you want them to know? What do you want them to believe about God? What's their faith need to look like? Um, what uh, things do we need to make sure that they've got concrete in their life? So I think that's just being intentional about planning out. You know, if I'm going to Dallas, I'm going to, you know, go to find the road that needs to take Are me there. Are we still going to Dallas? Still going do to Dallas. Okay, we'll go to, we'll go to New uh, Jersey then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I take that oh, back. Please. We're probably better off going to Dallas. Yeah, I think you so. don't get there by accident. <laughs> you get there by taking a Pacific road, right? That's right. So same thing with family ministry. If we want our kids to grow up and follow Jesus for a lifetime, then we've got to have a plan to get them there. We can't just randomly hope they'll get there. That's good. But having a strategy to get them there. It's like the GPS. If you don't enter the destination in exactly. the GPS, you're never going to get there. Yeah. So I think it's important as a church to sit down, even parents, starting with parents. What do you want your child to be and know and so forth when they get older? And so then same thing with, this, with the family ministry, have that strategy. All right. That, so I think that way. Yeah. I think like this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm yeah. a strategist. I think about if I'm, where I want to go and how to get there. And there could be multiple ways. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know that a lot of people are doing that. Right. They're surviving. That's day my, to day. yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> right. Because we're dealing with the urgencies that are right in front of our face. And yeah. it's this week or this so hour. So many distractions. But this big picture stuff is so key. They're just trying to, you know, make sure they have enough diapers for the week, exactly. right? Or make sure that the kids are there for, in time for soccer practice. Right. That's why we as leaders have to come alongside them and say, hey, here's what's important in kids' ministry. You know, you have a lot of ways you want your kids to succeed, athletically, probably, socially, academically. But the most important thing is for them to be successful spiritually, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so planning on that. And investing in that, um, pointing our kids in that direction is so, so important. We can't play the game for them. We are just a coach. But, man, we want to be a coach that has a strategy that moves our kids, quote, our players along toward spiritual maturity. Right. Well, I want to talk about sort of what we were talking about in the introduction of just how family ministry, it feels like a buzzword because everybody's talking about it. Um, Some of us were talking about it earlier than others, but now it feels like everybody's talking about it. But what we're finding... Which is a good thing, right? Right. Because we we need to be talking about it. It is is a good thing. But what we're finding is definition of family ministry seems to be a little all over the map. What is your definition of family ministry? Well, obviously ministering to the whole family. Okay. And so how does that look? Have a unique strategy for all members of the family. How are you going to influence parents? Mm-hmm. How are you going to lead parents? What are you going to teach the kids at church, the students at church? And so I think it's those two things. What's your strategy as a church? And then what's your strategy uh, investing in parents and helping them? Because most parents, they have no clue that they're supposed to be the spiritual leader. Right. Just right. letting them know that. don't have a strategy. Yeah, just letting them know that. We I did a, a child dedication class um, at the last church I was at. And when I got there, there was no child dedication class. And we were reaching a lot of people from unchurched or Catholic backgrounds, different areas. And I got to noticing we, we would line them up in the first two rows of the church. But that's the first time we saw them mm. was that morning at the church. Yeah. When they were, and I, I began to listen to them and realize they had no clue what the child dedication was about or how to raise your kids spiritually. And so we shifted it and said, we're going to start this class. And parents have to go through this class before they dedicate their kids. And in that class, we explained what it means to lead your child. We talked about the dedication, but the bulk of it was talking about how to lead your family spiritually. And Mm -hmm. we required that. So we had great attendance. People, you know, they'll they'll come to that if their child has to be dedicated because of that class. They'll be there. So they were there. And we heard so many great stories of young families who just in that one class, they got it all of a sudden it kind of changed the way they were going to approach parenting so just being intentional about getting that in front of parents and just letting them know here's here's the role god's called you to and i think if we'll let them know that they'll open up and they'll they'll try to take that path you know it's funny you brought up the the class i'm, I'm glad that you had the mandatory class because yeah. I, I had a little mandatory class that i had for child dedication too right. and i felt so mean and stingy about it but it was really the only way i could get to the parents that's right because they would come take my mandatory class yep, yep. because they wanted to dedicate their child right and so i always tell um the people that i i speak with um on the road or wherever conferences um that if you if you have if you have it on a Sunday after church, right. provide lunch, and give them food, and, and yeah, food, 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 um, and it doesn't have to be hard. It could be sub sandwiches, that right. kind of thing, Pizza. and and then offer childcare for for younger children, right? Um, so that they so you can have a focused right. audience, yeah. and then that's when you can cast your vision for what children's ministry is going to be like, and then it would be even great if you could bring your student pastor in to yeah. say, this is what the next, yep. after you finish in fifth or sixth grade here, yep. you're going to go, you're going to keep going on the same trajectory yeah. of spiritual growth into the student ministry. Yeah. And, um, and, and then be able to also say, and we want to come alongside you yeah. and model this church and home um, family ministry yeah. concept that we're talking about 
let your, yeah. the, your parents in on it so that they yeah. understand that we're here to partner with you. So I'm glad you do the mandatory class too because I think it's one way to really win, have an early yeah. win. And it's an opportunity to get them in a place where they're going to listen for yeah. at least till the food is gone. I would encourage churches to every milestone that they celebrate to have a class attached to it. Um, That's good. Like the when a kid wants to accept Christ, they start asking those questions. Um, have a strategy where the, you invite the kids and the parents to a class together. And the cool thing is what I found is that each class we would have parents that came to accept Christ. As we shared the gospel with the kids, yeah, parents yeah. would say, you know what, we need to do that. And so hmm. um, the last year I was at that church, we baptized 460 kids wow. and dozens and dozens and dozens of parents. That's and so every cool. single one of them had been through that class. Mm -hmm. And so they will, they will come. I was making a statement there. They will come if you'll you know, show them the right direction and uh, lead them that way. So it, it makes a huge impact. So part of this is you need to have a strategy, yeah. have a vision right. for this. And then the other part is you have to cast the vision for it. Yeah. So we dip, we're dipping a little bit into the casting of the vision. Yeah. So how does that all come together? Where does this begin? If I'm, you know, if I've been suddenly put in charge of a, of a of family ministry at my church, right. how do I even develop that vision? Where do I go to find uh, a, a good example of what I might do, a structure? And yeah. then how do I cast it within the church to my leaders, my staffers, and to families? You come to the Edge Conference, that's where you get all the answers, Oh, right? thanks, Dale. <laughs> because <laughs> you're <right>. here. <laughs> we told him to say that. Now, I think, again, just getting on their radar. And again, I think the milestone time is a great, yeah. great time to get that on their radar. They will mm -hmm. come to that class. We also did a, a Bible presentation class as kids were getting ready to move into elementary school. Mm -hmm. We had a class for that. The cool thing was at the end of the class, parents had written a note ahead of time to their kids in the Bible, and they read that to their kids, and then they presented that Bible to their kids. And man, you see tears flowing, uh -huh. hugging. But again, there's another opportunity to share and cast into parents' lives. So the milestones are huge. I think the weekly stuff is like a single and a double, which you're going to score some runs. Mm -hmm. But you do these milestone-type classes, it's like a home run. Yeah. It's like a Abraham and Isaac kind of thing at the altar, which was a huge moment for them and experience for them as, as father and son. Mm -hmm. um, it, it'll make a huge impact. Just a home, it'll make a home run for you. So as a leader within the church, yeah. tell me about how do you get your kids, if, if we're coming out of silos yeah. and we're coming together, how do you get your kids' ministry and your student ministry on the same page to agree? That's not always easy. Get them in a, get them in a room together as a start. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting down and meeting and coming up with a strategy from preschool all the way to college. Then, you know, from the womb to the tomb, yeah. we're going we're gonna to be there. Hopefully they're living longer than college. Let's go beyond that. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be there and walk with you. We're here for you. We're your cheerleader. We're your provider of resources. And we're going to walk with you this entire time. And I think that gives parents a real sense of comfort to know that, you know, my church has got my back. They're there for me all the way through is a huge, huge deal. That's great. Talk about the transition. You were talking about milestones and those yeah. transitions from, um, you know, whether it's preschool to, uh, to elementary or whatever you your church calls it. How about the one, the preteen years where you're going from fifth to sixth or sixth to seventh? Yeah. Talk yeah, that, about that, that transition. That for a lot of people. That's a big one. That's a big one. I, you do find that sometimes you'll lose kids and families in that transition. I think it's just partnering with the student ministry and the children's ministry together. We had a class for that as well, and it was taught by the student ministry team and the kids' ministry team together. So we sat down with that. But I think it's just getting in a room together and saying, how can we put a, a strategy in place from birth all the way through college and just, just together create that? Um, casting that vision for here's, here's why we're doing this, here's the impact we can have, and then just getting in the room and getting everybody on board. As you mentioned impact, 
we all want to have a big impact. Yeah. Like we, don't, we don't want to do this work and have a tiny impact. Yeah, we want to have right. the biggest one possible. Yeah. What can we do to make a big impact on families? Well, again, I think the mile, again, I just, I go back to the milestones is the biggest, biggest opportunity. And just weekly connecting with them, uh, getting the materials in their hands. I had read a stat somewhere that like really changed my idea of how to communicate with parents. The stat I read was that 98% of text messages get read. 98%, 95% are opened within the first 30 seconds. So if you want to get during the week some information to a parent, text them, mm-hmm. text them. You got a 98% chance that they're going to read it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just a few questions from the weekend. Um, we had a, we had a system that we bought that would do that for us every Monday or Tuesday morning. And we saw great results from that. So just giving them those tools that they need. So there's a good technology tip. Cause I think probably the yeah. stats are the opposite for email. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I don't yeah. think anybody opens probably email anymore. So. I don't No, I, I do. Your work emails. <laughs> My work yes, emails. Right. Yeah. No, but true. But if you get email from somebody, it's not as urgent as. Right. And there's programs uh, out there that you can put all of your phone numbers in. Yeah. Hit one button, boom. Yeah, but our student ministry at my church has gone to the Remind app, and this is not a paid yeah. sponsorship, but that's what they—that's okay. the actual technology that they use, yeah. and it allows them to send bulk text to even down to the individual classes. So it makes communication really easy, and I do open those as a parent. Oh, yeah. I do open those yeah. just to see what's going on, and a lot of times it's stuff that I wouldn't have caught yeah. if I if I didn't see it because I wouldn't have read the um, email newsletter in time. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I think a lot of times we blast out information. We assume that if we sent it, they, they've read it and they right. understand it. Right. And it may be we're putting way too much in one message if, with an email yeah, where true. the text you can be really targeted, right? And I think it's so important. You know, if you, reach a chi- if you reach a child, you change a life. But if you reach the parents, you change the whole family. Mm. And so I think that our strategy is got to always be thinking families. How can I involve parents in this? How can I include parents in this? How can I equip parents in this? Just get that in your mind. Let that be your starting point and go from there. Just always think families, talk, no matter talk, what you're doing. Talk about the long look. You talk about t- the long look. Uh, we were saying earlier that we, we deal with the urgency that's right in front of our face most right. of the time. And we really need to look farther than that, right? Well, and part of the, the uh, class I developed for the Milestone for Parent-Child Dedication was to those young parents to present that to them and encourage them to present. Like when my child graduates high school, what do I want them to believe about the Bible? What kind of character do I want them to have? And encourage them to map out the steps. You know, if you want to be a person of honesty, then make sure you're teaching them about honesty as they're growing. And so it's just uh, putting it out there where you want them to end up and then teaching them toward that. So again, it's, it's choosing a road, specific road you're going to go down instead of just randomly hope that they turn out right. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, kids make their own decisions, you know. Our job is just to create fertile soil. We're going to talk about this in the next workshop is to create fertile soil so that when kids are planted in that fertile soil, they got a great chance to grow up to love Jesus. Yeah. So our job is to create the soil, yeah. Yeah. And get them planted in that, and Plant then the it's their decision and God grows them. So I always tell parents, especially when they're thinking about accepting Christ, your job is not to push your child. Our job is not to hold your child back. I've met parents that say, well, my kid's got to be 13 before they accept Jesus. Mm-hmm. Your job and my job is to walk alongside them. God does the drawing to himself. We just walk alongside those kids and we just have those spiritual conversations with them and God does the work. So I think that's our job as leaders and parents is just to walk alongside them, have those spiritual conversations and God draws them to himself. So it's great. Man, thank you, Dale. Yeah, thank My you pleasure. so much. Dale Hudson, we are, it's our honor to have you here. We appreciate you being at our Etch conference and thank you. sharing face-to-face with our people. And, man, we really greatly value your voice on the podcast. Thank, so thank you so you. much, and thank you guys for all Absolutely. you're doing. You make a, you're making a difference. You matter, and what you do matters a lot.
So, so thank much. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. Buy your pumpkins early. <laughs> <laughs>